pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. this morning, and the title of my message is Every Need Supplied. Every Need Supplied. So, but before I get started, I want to ask you a question. I heard this question on another minister's podcast one day this week, and I thought that fits with what I want to talk about, so... I'm going to use this question to start my message on Sunday morning. Let it be the lead in. Now I want you to look straight ahead. Don't answer out loud. Don't raise your hand. Because you might not understand what I'm asking you at first. But the question I want to ask you this morning to get things started is when is the last time that you were loaded? said don't answer it out loud just think about it for a minute when the last time that you were totally and completely just absolutely loaded you thinking about it your answer should have been this morning when I got up Psalm 68 and 19 in the King James Version says this blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits even the God of our salvation, Selah. That word Selah means think about it. Meditate on it. Give some thought to what you just read and what you just heard. Think about it. Put some thought into it. Listen to what the Spirit of God is trying to say to you through the Word of God. Concentrate on it. Put some thought into it. Give ear to what the Holy Ghost is wanting to tell you. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. The God who daily loadeth us with benefits. When I started working for Ford Motor Company in 1999, a million years ago, They have a three-day orientation before you even go into plant. And as we were sitting in our three-day orientation back there in 1999, uh, the question was asked, how much are my benefits going to cost me? And the reply from the union representative that was leading that three-day orientation 
was absolutely nothing. If you had to pay for it, it's not a benefit. When I began to hear this this week, when I heard this question this week, that came back to me from 23 years ago. Your benefits don't cost you anything. If you have to pay for it, it's not a benefit. The Lord daily loads us with benefits. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. But it's because we're dwelling in the goodness of God. We're reaping the benefits of living in the blessing of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He's always there for you and he's daily loading you up with benefits. Proverbs 18.24 in the King James says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly and there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Preached a message on this a while back, and I've been trying to do better. I even went out to breakfast with somebody last week by myself. And I actually talked to them. But a man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We've got a friend today that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. Do you have a friend that you can count on yes. in the natural? Yes. Do you have somebody that, that you can call when the chips are down that's going to be there no matter what? Yes. That no questions asked. Is there somebody that knows where the bodies are buried? <laughs> Not physically, but you know. Is there somebody that knows your deepest, darkest secrets? Is there somebody that, that you confide in, that you lean on, that when everything is falling apart, you can call them and say, hey, I need some help. Think about that person and then just think Jesus is even closer. He's dependable. You can count on him. He's faithful. Yes. Hebrews 13 and 8 in the King James says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. He never changes. One place in the word of God says, in whom there is no shadow or variableness of turning. Another way, in other words, no matter which way the light hits it, there's not a shadow. There's not, there's not any imperfection that shows. Jesus is the same all the time. You can always depend on him. You can always count on him. He's always there. He never changes. He's always dependable. You can always rely on him to load you up with benefits. Well, what is it that he loads us up with?
The apostle Paul wrote in his writings to the Philippian church, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now the apostle Paul in writing this chapter had just thanked them for their generosity to him. He had just thanked them for, for giving to him and supplying the things that he needed in his ministerial journey and, and, and thanked them for the blessings. And he was letting them know that God's going to take care of your need. You took care of me and God's going to take care of you. And he's going to do it through Jesus. Jesus doesn't change. He's always the same. So if he would take care of the need of the Philippian church, then he's more than capable of taking care of you and me. Do you have need of something this morning? He's more than capable of providing it. So in what way are we assured that it's going to happen? Because everything that we have need of is found in Jesus. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 21. This is the King James Version. It says, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might, through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which patches, passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever amen Jesus has everything that you need all you have to do is get it all you have to do is accept it all you have to do is know where to look Everything that we have need of is in him. I like verse 14. Gives us a name. Gives us a family name. My hearing aid is all jacked up this morning. Gives us a family name. Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, Jesus the Son. Christ the Holy Ghost. He's all there. The triune Godhead all wrapped up into one. So everything that we have need of uh, is wrapped up there in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so if the whole family is, is named by it, then everything we have need of is in it. So what is it that we need? We're going to step back into the Old Testament this morning for a while. And we're going to look at some of the names of God from the Old Testament to find out what it is that we need. 
and what God wants to do for us. Amen? Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 22. One of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh. The God who sees the need in advance and provides. And th this is uh, the New King James Version that I'm reading here. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And when he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Now in that first verse that we read, it said, and after all these things, or it said, and it came to pass after all these things. After all what things? Everything that happened in the previous chapter. God fulfilled the promise to Abraham that he'd have a son. The son grew up and was weaned. Um, Abraham sent Hagar and Ishmael away. Uh, Abraham made a covenant with Abimelech. After all these things, when life was good and Abraham was enjoying being called father, Abraham waited a long time. Angel of the Lord came to Abraham and told him, I'm, I'm going to bless you with a son. You and Sarah are going to have a son. Then he had to wait. A lot of years before that ever happened. So here he is. Abraham's enjoying being called the father. Having that, that son with him every day. And then the Lord comes and says. Okay I'm going to test you Abraham. 
Things are going pretty good. I'm going to test you right now. So God comes and speaks to him and tells him that he wants to go to a mountain in the land of Moriah and sacrifice the son that he had waited so long for. Abraham didn't argue. He didn't accuse God of losing his mind. Scripture says he got up the next morning and took, saddled his donkey, took two of his servants, took his son, split the wood for the fire, got his fire together, got his knife together, and they set out on a journey. They went on, a, on their way. I'm sure the two servants and, and maybe Isaac had to be thinking, dementia has set in. He said, we're going to sacrifice. And we've got wood, we've got fire, he's got a knife. We don't have a sacrifice. They had to be thinking, he, he's lost their mind. We're going so he can make a sacrifice and worship, and he hasn't got a sacrifice with him. But notice what he says to the two servants in verse 5. They get to that place on the third day. They've left home and they've traveled. Here it is, the third day. And they get to where he is on that third day. He sees Mount Moriah in the distance and he turns to the other two. The two servants, he says, okay, you stay here with the donkey. Me and the boy are going to go and we're going to worship God and we're coming back. He wasn't concerned. He wasn't hesitant. He knew he could trust God. So Abraham takes the wood for the sacrifice and lays it on Isaac. And then he takes the knife and he takes the fire pot and they head off to the mountain. And as they go, Isaac begins to get a little concerned and he begins to talk to Abraham. says, hey, Dad, I see the wood for the sacrifice, and I see the fire for the burnt offering. See that you've got your knife with you. But what about the sacrifice? And Abraham looks at the son and says, God will provide himself. So onward they go, and then when they reach Mount Moriah, Abraham builds an altar. He places the wood for the sacrifice up on the altar in its proper place and does everything right. And then he binds up his son and puts him on the altar. What's significant here is this wasn't a little boy. Word of God says he was a young man. And as a young man, no doubt, he could have resisted. He could have overpowered that 100-year-old-plus man and said, no, it ain't happening. He could have refused, but he didn't. Why didn't he? Well, I can imagine that after they left the servants behind, there with the donkey, 
And Isaac had asked about the sacrifice. That Abraham began to talk to his son on the rest of the journey. And in my mind's eye, I can see him just telling his son how God had promised Abraham and Sarah a son and that a great nation would come from this son. Right. So Abraham's talking and telling him the story, building up Isaac's faith as they're journeying toward that mountain, toward that sacrificial altar. And when they got to the place and everything was ready, Abraham called his son to him and bound him up as a willing sacrifice because he knew that even if Abraham had to go through with it, that God would raise him up because God keeps Amen. his promises. Amen. God would have to raise him from the dead if he, he had his father go through with the sacrifice. They knew that they could trust God because God had kept his promises to Abraham. And just as he was about to go through with the sacrifice, the word says that he drew back his knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord spoke and stopped him. Don't harm the boy. I know you wouldn't hold anything back from him. And when that happened, he heard it. He turned and there was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns behind him. God had provided the sacrifice. So you see, this morning, you may not know where the things that you have need of are coming from. You may not understand just what's going on and how it's going to happen that, that God is going to provide, but know one thing for sure. Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees the need in advance and provides, is not surprised. And he's already placed what you have need of in the place that you're going to need it. You just got to look around and find the ram that he's got prepared in the thicket. You got to find that ram that he's got hid in the bush for you. Amen? Jehovah Jireh. What's another name of God? Jehovah Shalom. Judges chapter 6. This is uh, the Amplified Bible, the classic edition. It says, But the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of Midian. The Israelites made themselves the dens which are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For whenever Israel had sown their seed, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the people of the east came up against them. They would encamp against them and destroy the crops as far as Gaza and leave no nourishment for Israel and no ox or sheep or donkey. For they came up with their cattle and their tents and they came like locusts for multitude. Both they and their camels could not be counted. So they wasted the land as they entered it and Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the Israelites cried to the Lord. And when they cried to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites who said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and I brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all who oppressed you, and drove them out before you, and gave you their land. 
And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the God of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak at Oprah, which belonging to Joash the Abrazite, and his son Gideon was beating wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of fearless courage. And Gideon said to him, O oh, sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this befallen us? And where are all his wondrous works for which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in this your might, and you shall save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? Gideon said to him, O Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Behold, my clan's the poorest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. The Lord said to him, Surely I'll be with you, and you shall smite the Midianites as one man. Gideon said to him, If now I've found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talks with me. Don't leave here, I pray you, until I return to you and bring my offering and set it before you. And he said, I'll wait until you return. Then Gideon went in and prepared a kid and unleavened cakes of an ephah of flour and meat he put in the basket and the broth in a pot and brought them to him under the oak and presented them. And the angel of the Lord God said, and the angel of God said to him, Take the meat and unleavened cakes and lay them on this rock and pour the broth over them. And, and he did so. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. And there flared up fire from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from the sight. And when Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. The Lord said to him, Peace be to you, do not fear, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it still stands in Oprah, and which belongs to the Abazrites. So Israel had a habit of forgetting about God. When things were good and and everything was going well, you know, they'd do good for a little while, and then they'd trail off doing their own thing. They'd forget about God. You know, like we do a lot of times. As long as things are good and everything's going well, you know, we sort of get lax in, in serving God. But then when things start going south for us, then we begin to call on and wonder, okay, hey God, where you at? Why are you letting, letting this stuff happen to me? Why is this going on in my life, God? It's been so long that you talk to him, it's almost like the Lord says, who this? All along, it's us that wandered away. An older couple was driving along in their car. And the wife looks over to her husband and, and, and says to him, do you remember when we first started dating? And the husband, driving along, says, well, yes, I do. But we were inseparable. I come to pick you up for, 
for our date, and you'd get in the car, and you'd slide over and sit right next to me, and somebody following behind us, they couldn't tell if it was one person or two in the car. We were so close together. We were just inseparable. My wife answered back to him, I really miss those days. My husband looks over at her and says, I haven't moved. And that's when the fight started. <laughs> but seriously, Israel would drift. Things would be going good for Israel, and Israel would drift away from God. And God would send some, some invading army, somebody to come in and, and, and capture them, take them into captivity, aggravate them, bother them, pester them, to get their attention, to draw them back to him. You know, in this case, in this part that, that we just read the story of Gideon, it was the Midianites that God allowed to come in and, and just wreak havoc in their lives. Uh, they were their oppressors there. And God sent a prophet in, told them, you know, God's going to turn it around. God's going to deliver. He's done it every time before. Then the angel of the Lord came and he visited Gideon to let him know that he was going to have victory. Gideon, I want you to lead an army. Y'all are going to defeat the Midianites just like one man working together. Gideon's response was, my family's the smallest, the poorest, the weakest in Israel. And I'm the smallest one out of everybody. How am I going to do that? Lord said, be, be at peace. I'm with you. After his visitation, Gideon built that altar and called the name of the place, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom stands ready to give you peace over your situation. You may not understand it, but you can have peace in the middle of things you're going through. Peace is available to you today. It's there. The Lord provides it. It's one of the benefits of serving God. Is living in peace. So we've had Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Shalom. How about Jehovah Nisi? The Lord my banner. Exodus chapter 17. This is the King James Version. I'm going to start reading in verse 8 through verse 16. It says, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel at Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hands, Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the one on the other. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. For he said, Because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So Israel is here in their journey, and they start complaining to Moses. Imagine that. When they got brought out of Egypt with all the spoils of Egypt with them, and they came and, and they camped uh, before the Red Sea uh, between, at the face of the Red Sea between Pahahiroth and Migdal, and they were trapped there, they, they complained to Moses. Why did you bring us out here just for for Pharaoh to catch us and kill us and take us back into Egypt and, and all this. And so God opened up the Red Sea and took them through. We, we've, we've read that story before. And here they are. They're, they're in the land. They're in their journey. And Amalek comes up and wants to fight. So they start complaining. And just right up before this, they were complaining. We don't have any water to drink. God showed Moses what to do so that they'd have water. And then after the water episode, then, then along comes Amalek and wants to fight. So if Moses' hands were lifted up, Israel was winning. If his hands came down, Israel would be losing. So Aaron and Hur set Moses on a rock, held his hands up all the way through until the battle was won. And Moses built an altar there and called the place, name of the place Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner, because they had prevailed in banner. Mm -hmm. At that time, and in that place, any time an army would win a conflict, a banner was made, a flag was made that rehearsed their victory on the flag so that any army that they would come in contact with and, them the, and they themselves could see, hey, we won this. So if they had, they had fought here, here with, with Amalek, Amalek leaves and runs away, whatever. Amalek comes back going to fight. They see a banner up in front of the children of Israel. On this day, we've defeated Amalek. So Amalek gets reminded of his loss. So it went before them as a reminder of, uh, of, of their victory, not just for them, but to any enemy that they had encountered. And so we've got to learn to keep the Lord, our banner, up in front of us. We've got to learn to rehearse the victories that we've had in Christ Jesus in our lives to remind us and to encourage us that we can make it. Hey, I went through this. God delivered. God provided. I know that I can trust God. God would be reminded of the victories that we've won in Christ. But it's also a reminder to the enemy. Hey, you lost this battle. Are you sure you want to do this again? The Lord our banner goes before us to encourage us to stand and to be brave in the face of the enemy. So what's another name of God? 
Jehovah Roha, the Lord my shepherd. Psalms 23, the Amplified Bible Classic Edition, reads it like this. The Lord is my shepherd. To feed, guide, and shield me I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with him, not for my earning it, but for his namesake. Yes, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runneth over. Surely, or only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. The Lord our shepherd, Jehovah-Rohi, is there to make sure that you're taken care of. Like a shepherd leading you, guiding you, protecting you, providing for you, feeding you, comforting you. He's there. He wants to be your shepherd. Let him. Let him be your shepherd. Don't be that runaway that he constantly has to find and rescue you. I ministered a while back and talked about, about the shepherd and how that if that rebellious lamb keeps running away, that rebellious sheep keeps running away and getting out and going and getting lost and causing the shepherd a headache, that that shepherd will take that, that, that sheep and break his leg. And then he'll bind him up and put him over his shoulder and carry him around till he's well. And when he's well, he puts him down and that, she uh, that sheep never leaves his side again. Stays as close as he can to the shepherd. Don't be that sheep that God has to break your leg to get your attention. Don't be stubborn. Don't be hard-headed. Stay in the fold. Jehovah-Rohi wants to be your shepherd. And what's another name? Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Ezekiel 48, 35. This is in the New King James Version. It says this. It says, All the way around shall be 18,000 cubits, and the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. Now this verse is talking about a future city and the name of it being called the Lord is there. This is talking future. So, but I want you to know that the Lord is looking for a dwelling place. And that dwelling place that the Lord is looking for is in you and it's in me. Amen. The Lord wants to put his name over us. 
when we feel discouraged in our shortcomings, we need to remember the Lord is there. He wants to dwell in us. He wants to live in us. And he wants his light to shine out and, and radiate and emit from us and us to be a light to this lost and dying world that we're living in. The Lord is there. He's standing with us. He's ready to forgive our failures. Amen. 1 John 1, 9, English Standard Version says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Lord is there. Jehovah Shammah is ready and willing and able to cleanse you if you just ask him. We don't have to live in our failures. We can dwell in him. Amen. What's another name? Jehovah Sikinu. The Lord our righteousness. We just read that 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He wants to be our righteousness. Jeremiah 23 and 6 says this. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now, this is the name by which he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. In his days. What days? This is talking future tense again. During the millennial reign when he comes and he sets everything right. Verse is talking about future time. But even though it's talking about future time, it can still apply to us and in our lives. It's good to know that he can set things right in us if we'll allow him to have access to the throne of our hearts. If we'll get the old fool off the throne that we've got sitting in there and allow Jesus to sit on the throne of our hearts. then he can accomplish it. We need to let his righteousness shine through us. We know that as the word says in Isaiah uh, 64, 6, New King James, but we are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. We fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Everything that we can do, every good thing that we can do, all of our righteous deeds and all our righteous acts, they're, they're just like filthy rags before the Lord. Why? Because of our motives many times and the reason we do things. So we need his righteousness. We need his way of doing things working in our life so that we can accomplish the things that he has called us to do. Jehovah Sikinu is waiting to work his righteousness in you. And the last one we're going to talk about today. Jehovah Rapha. The Lord my healer. Exodus chapter 15 verses 22 through 26. This is New King James. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. 
Therefore the name of it was called Mara. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them and said, If you will diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I'll put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Lord told them there, if they'll listen, if you'll listen, if you'll do what's right in my eyes, if you'll follow my commandments, I won't put any of the diseases that, that plague the Egyptians on you. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my healer, wants you to live in health. He wants you to be whole and complete. What do you tell them? Just follow the law. Follow the whole law. That's impossible. Yes, it is individually. But Jesus told us how to accomplish following the whole law. Matthew 22, verses 35 through 40. This is the New King James Version. It says, Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. If we'll love the Lord with everything that we have, we love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, And we love our neighbor as ourself. We fulfill the law. That's what Jesus was saying there. I'll give you two commandments. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Walk in love. Lord, I've been trying to walk in love, but some of these people. Lord, there's just some of these people I just like to slap the taste out of their mouth. If we're honest with ourselves, we feel that way sometimes. These people are getting on my last nerve. But we gotta walk in love. We gotta hold on to the Lord. We gotta hold on to God. We gotta seek God to dwell in our lives. When we do that, you know what can happen? We have every need supplied. Everything we have need of is in Jesus. Philippians chapter four. Verse 19 again says, But my God shall supply all your need Amen. according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Glory. Now today we looked at some Jehovah God compound names. 
saw how they worked through Jesus to make sure that as a child of God, we get every need supplied. Amen. Hope this helped you out in your walk today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus, thanking you that we have every need supplied. Let's always look to you and know that you always provide Jehovah Jireh. That you always want us to live and walk in peace, Jehovah Shalom. That you always want our victories in you to go before us like a banner, Jehovah Nisi. That you want, that you desire to be our shepherd, Jehovah Rohi. That you always want to be ever present in our lives, Jehovah Shammah. That you want your righteousness to permeate every hour, every area of our lives, Jehovah Sikinia. That you want us to live in total and complete health, Jehovah Rapha. Father, today we just barely scratch the surface of who you are. Help us seek your face in all that we do. Allow us to be salt and light as we go forth from this place today. After all, Lord, we come to your house to worship you. But when we leave here, we serve you. Thank you for all that you do, God. Thank you for all that you've given us and thank that you thankful, Lord God, today for all that you bring our way, Lord. We honor you today, God. We give you praise. We give you thanks for it all. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you today. Let's not forget service Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock. Come on out. If you can't be here Wednesday, we'll see you next Sunday. Amen. God bless you today. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you. And remember, Jesus is Lord.